Hello, and welcome to Nutmegged, a Premier League podcast. Every week, we break down the latest matches, cover off-field drama, and inevitably discuss VAR. I'm Jackie. And I'm Josh. If you enjoy our show, subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at NutmeggedPod or our website, nutmeggedpodcast.com. Please rate and review the show on your preferred platform to help other listeners find us. Hi, and thanks for joining us for our Match Day 5 preview. We've had a week and a half off, Jackie. Yeah, international break. How do you feel? Well rested? Yeah, ready for Premier League to be back. Ready for it to come back? Yep. Did you learn anything on the international break about the England team that's worth mentioning before we get into this week's games? Jack Grealish is good, but Southgate doesn't really seem to like him very much. And Harry Maguire is having a bad time. Red card, 30 minutes into the third game of his international break. Mm-hmm. Not ideal. No. No. So Reese James is still good. True. Yep. But, but Harry Maguire, so we lost 6-1 to the Spurs, and then he went overseas and he got a red card. Yeah, hasn't been a great time for him. The, the only other news we should mention maybe is news broke about Project Big Picture, as it's called. Mm-hmm which it sounds effectively like a land grab by the biggest Premier League teams. Yep, so-called top six. I think that situation's evolving. I think that it's not going to go away for a while. Yeah, it sounds like the initial proposal has been pretty much shot down by the league, but I think that was to be expected, and I think this won't be the end of it. I think the really controversial parts of that proposal, um, which has been led mostly by United and Liverpool, I think they'll be willing to negotiate on some of those points and still kind of get what they want eventually. Yeah, it actually seems like there are some well-intentioned aspects to that deal. Clearly... The bailout of the lower leagues, definitely. That's the biggest one. Clearly the biggest teams want themselves to have more time to play European games versus things like the Carabao Cup, which I'm sure fans will like. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also want more power, which is the controversial part. Yeah. Especially yeah. in terms of voting. It, it, it kind of feels like the losers of that deal would be the bottom half of the Premier League and everybody else wins. Yeah. Um, but but let's not go too far into that. We'll wait and see how things... Yeah, as of now it's dead, but we'll see. Yeah, know, we'll see how things revived. pan out, and I'm sure we'll discuss in a lot more detail later on. Sure. Okay, so moving on to this week's fixtures. Yeah, I'm excited. It's the, a lot of good games. The first one is a big one, the, a Merseyside derby yep. that might mean more than it has for a little while. Yeah, I mean, Everton haven't won this, I think, for 10 years. I would argue they have as good a chance now as they ever have, or at least in the past 10 years. Um, They are top of the table, undefeated. Liverpool are coming off of a pretty rough game where they lost 7-2 to Aston Villa. It'll be interesting. I kind of wish it didn't come after an international break. Some players will be tired. Some players might not feature. I don't know if someone like Richarlison, who's been away with Brazil, if he'll start. So that's a pretty quick turnaround. Um, but I still think it'll be a great game. If, if you were Everton, all 11 players, plus the manager, plus the subs, <laughs> plus the training staff. I'm a lot of people. Melded into one <laughs> brain. Wow. Do you feel better or worse playing Liverpool after they lost 7-2 to Aston Villa? And do you prepare for this game any differently? I feel a little worse, only that... They're like a wounded animal that I think will want to bounce back. I think Klopp will have a point to prove. 
So in that respect, it's not ideal, but... The stakes seem higher. Yes. I mean, it's early in the season, so I don't want to get too carried away. This game won't define either of their seasons, but it's a chance for Everton to kind of put down a marker and show that they're for real this season, that their opening you know, games haven't been a fluke. A chance for Liverpool to just kind of redeem themselves very quickly and shut up everyone who thinks maybe they're wobbling now. Um, I honestly think both would probably be fine with a draw too, yeah. <laughs> which takes a little bit out of the fun out of it. But um, yeah, I think it'll be good. I, it's hard to say if it's better or worse, but I do think Everton have a big advantage that Allison is still injured. True, true. And if Everton wins, do you think that you will start to really believe they could be a top four team this year? Or is it, again, just one game and, and let's see what happens? I already believe Everton could be a top four team. They're certainly playing well enough right now. I do expect there will be some dips along the season, but I think they look just as good as Spurs or Arsenal or Chelsea at this point. And they look better than United. Um, so I think they certainly have a chance. And if they keep playing like this, I don't see why not. And give us an update on Everton's midfield. They had some injuries. Mm-hmm. There's been some time off. Do you think the lineup is going to be different to what it was in the last couple of games before the break? I think Alan should be back. So that's a big bonus for them. I'm not sure about Andre Gomez. But yeah, I think they'll have most of their regular lineup, which is so far this season. And, uh, and Thiago... And Mane, both out with COVID, they should be back too? Yep, they should. I think their quarantine period is over now, so they should be returning. So it's really just Allison. I think, that's the big loss for Liverpool. Who needs a goalie anyway? <laughs> well, Chelsea. Yeah. All right. So this will be an interesting game. I'm looking forward to seeing yeah, how that wait. one pans out. I hope it's as exciting as it could be. Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep going. Okay. Chelsea, Southampton. Yeah. What do you think? I'm hopeful. Chelsea are coming off of a good performance before the break. Um, I do have concerns because Thiago Silva played a lot with Brazil over the break. I think he's just returning to London on Friday, so I'm not sure he'll play. Sounds like N'Golo Kante had some muscle fatigue during the break, so I'm not sure he'll be risked either. And Edouard Mendy, the new goalie, it sounds like won't be playing. He had a little bit of an injury over the break as well. Doesn't sound serious. I think he should be back for the Sevilla game midweek, but they're not going to risk him this weekend. So that's a little bit of a concern defensively. Probably means Kepa coming back in. Um, it means a little bit less protection for the defense without Kante. So they're going to have to be careful because Southampton can definitely hurt them. The great news is that Pulisic is back. I expect him to start. And Ziyech is finally fit. So I expect him to probably come off the bench. Yeah, um, we've been highly... Yeah, I can't wait to see him. Debut. Yeah, I think he's going to be really fun. I think he's going to be fantasy gold if he gets as many assists as I expect. Um, and I just think he'll bring a lot more creativity to the team and help out players like Werner who have been kind of starved of service a bit. Yeah, I think anyone listening can put Ziyech in their teams now and, and thank you later. I'm going to do the same. I hope I'm correct. We'll <laughs> and as for Southampton, I think they'll be tough. They beat Chelsea last season at home. They have a great goal scorer in Danny Ings. Jay Adams isn't as prolific, but with both of them up top, they'll definitely cause the defense problems. Um, They're a pretty solid, high-pressing team that will definitely cause problems, but hopefully Chelsea have the attacking firepower to overcome that. Do you think, and we're still early into this season, Yeah. but last season it kind of felt like teams that were struggling 
could almost circle Chelsea on the calendar as a game in which they could finally get some points back. Not just that, but if you were a striker who hadn't scored in a while, <laughs> there's your game. Yep. Yep. So Southampton needs some points. Do you yeah. think this is one of those games, or do you think that Chelsea will win? I hope Chelsea will win. I certainly think Southampton are capable of ruining my weekend. But I'm going to try to be confident and go with Chelsea at home. Okay. I think this is the kind of game that Chelsea need to win if they're going to be as good as we want them to be this season. Okay. I expect them to be with the new signings. All right. We'll hold them to a high standard. Yep. And we'll admonish if, if they lose yep. next week. Yep. We will not be happy. All right. <laughs> Manchester City versus Arsenal. Yeah, this is an exciting one. Another highly touted game. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's the narrative of uh, Pep Guardiola, Manchester City's manager, and his protege. Former assistant. Yeah. Mikel Arteta. Mm-hmm. I always want to say Michael, but it's not Michael, it is it? It's not. It's Mikel. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, so dig into that game for us. Well, I think this is a big test for City, who have had a bit of a shaky start to the season. Haven't looked like their dominant selves quite yet. Um, they are missing Aguero and Jesus, kind of their main goal scorers. So that's definitely a problem worth noting. But I think they need to come out and kind of prove that they're still the great Manchester City. For Arsenal, I think it's a little bit more of a free hit. Not that they should be happy to lose, but I think that they have a chance to really come out and make a statement. But if they don't win, it's not like, oh, Arsenal, what are, what's happening to them? I think they've made a lot of progress and... They've beat City in the past in the FA Cup. Um, and I think if they can pull off a win here, it's just another, you know, sign of progress for them and for Arteta. But they have, I think, a little bit less pressure on them to win. Okay. And Arsenal's uh, much-loved mascot won't be in the stands watching this game. Well, he wouldn't be anyway. I guess it's an Gunnar away Soros. game. Yeah, he was let go on transfer deadline day, but then Mesut Ozil publicly saved him. Offering to pay his salary, um, which I'm sure was a PR win for Ozil, but still very nice. Yeah, it was interesting to see that side of Ozil. Uh, you know, he seemed a little bit vindicated too, in that he was one of the few players that was chastised for not taking a pay cut during yeah. COVID. And he'd actually always maintained that he was willing to, but only if they could guarantee that they wouldn't lay off all the support staff, and then that's exactly what they did. Yeah. So he's looking a little bit better than a while ago. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think this is going to improve his chances of playing anytime soon. <laughs> which, I, already, which I guess is what counts. He's already been left out of the official Europa League squad, um, which if he was going to play, you'd think those would be the games where he might get a few minutes because their group is relatively easy. Um, so that's not a good sign. And I think their Premier League squad has to be finalized at this coming week and I wouldn't be shocked if he's left out of that either which basically confirms he's done at Arsenal if he wasn't already yeah I mean he's still gonna get his fantastic paycheck for another year and yeah. and you'd think some other team would pick him up at some point but he's pretty much done at Arsenal yeah. does, does that reflect badly on Arteta anyway you know one of the big things he said coming in or at least one of the things that was said about him was that it seemed like he was starting to get something out of us that other managers hadn't been able to does this change your view of him No, in the few games that Ozil played for Arteta, he did look good. He looked a little bit better. Um, Clearly, there's a lot going on kind of behind the scenes that we aren't privy to. So it's hard to judge. I I can't claim to know what their conversations are like or what Ozil's attitude is like in training. So it's hard to make a judgment. But I think you kind of have to trust that the manager is 
making big calls for a reason. And so far, the team seems to be behind him. They have improved. So it looks like so far he's made the right calls. And then on a more positive note, Arsenal made a pretty big acquisition on deadline day. They brought in Thomas Party, mm-hmm. defensive midfielder. You haven't seen him play yet. Not for Arsenal, no. Not for Arsenal. Tell me what you think before you know, what might be his debut this week. Yeah, I hope it is his debut. I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. I think he'll be great. I think he's kind of the protection for the defense that Arsenal have needed. I think he is also fairly good on the ball. He's not just going to be a destroyer. He'll help to start the play from the base of midfield. So I think he's a really positive acquisition. I still think they might need a more creative midfielder up front, but he will free up somebody like Ceballos to be able to move a little bit forward um, and not have to worry as much about protecting the defense. So I think it's a great move, and I do hope he makes his debut this weekend because I'm looking forward to watching him. All right, so this will be another highly anticipated game this week. I personally think that Manchester City will beat Arsenal. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, it should be good. It's at home. I think, again, the pressure's on City, and I think it should be a fun game. I think Arteta will have a few tactical things up his sleeve, but so will Pep, so it should be fun. All right. Newcastle versus Manchester United. Let's start at the conclusion. Who do you think will win this game, or do you think it could be a draw? I think Manchester United will win. I think they will come back a little bit. You you also from thought, their last performance. You also thought they were gonna narrowly beat Tottenham. I did. I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I was just flat out wrong. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, so for yeah, all the I think, Newcastle fans out there, don't be. Yeah, I'm just upset here, Newcastle fans. However, I think okay. I'll put it this way. I think Manchester United need to win. I think the. Kind of crisis talk has already started. Mm-hmm. I think all of the... Probably rightfully so. Yeah, they were awful in the last game and they weren't particularly great in the first two either. Um, but I think Solskjaer needs a win. I think they need to kind of change the momentum a little bit. They play Chelsea next weekend. They have PSG in the Champions League coming up. Then RB Leipzig. They have a pretty terrible run of games soon. So I think they need to win this game. They need to get a little bit of confidence back in the players. They need to kind of change the narrative around the club a little bit after their kind of disappointing transfer window and disappointing start to the season. They need to just kind of go out, be solid, pull off a win, even if it's like a boring 1-0 or just a penalty or anything. Just get the three points, get a little bit of confidence back because then they're going into a really, really tough month. What sort of changes do you think Solskjaer can make or should make what, what's in his power to control? How can he influence you know, the club's morale going yeah. forward? Is it a lineup issue? Is it something else? I think he needs to shore up the defense a bit. I personally would rest Terry Maguire for a little bit. He's just clearly having a tough time. I think physically and mentally just doesn't look all there. I would rest him, but he is the captain, so I that's have, a tr- have doubts that that will that's happen. That's a fine line to balance. Yep. I would take Luke Shaw out, who was awful against Spurs, and I would give a debut to Tellis, who's really good, who they signed on deadline day. Um, I think he'll offer a little bit more protection defensively and be much better going forward. And I think I would play Van de Beek and 
instead of Pogba, who again was at fault for a lot of mm-hmm. Spurs goals, lost the ball, wasn't tracking back. Van de Beek offers just as much, if not more, creativity going forward. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll be a little bit more defensively solid. And finally, I think I would take Matic out of the base of midfield and potentially play Fred or McTominay just to have slightly more mobile, faster defensive midfielder in there just to protect, again, the defense. Yeah. Okay, we'll be watching the lineup to see if, if anything is refreshed or if anything's different. Yeah, I would leave their attack the same as it is um, and just hope that they can get on the ball and cause more problems than they have been. And, and we inevitably end up talking about United more than the opponent most weeks just because that's the way it shakes out. But let's spend a little bit of time on Newcastle. Yeah, absolutely. Callum Wilson update. He's been playing well. Anything else you think is worth mentioning? Yeah, Callum Wilson's off to a good start. I think as long as he gets the service, he'll be a very reliable striker for them. I'm looking forward to seeing more of Ryan Fraser and especially him linking up with Wilson. I hope he can kind of get on the ball a bit more and start to create. And Yeah, Newcastle are hard because they're a bit unpredictable, just like West Ham. It's hard to know which Newcastle will show up. But they can certainly give United problems, especially the way they've been defending. Yeah, this will be an exciting game at the very least. Yeah, and I think if Newcastle can score early, I think that will give Manchester United a lot of trouble because they seem just, in terms of morale, pretty low at the moment. Yeah, I the think team that could does seem panic. Demoral- demoralized a little bit. Yeah. Good luck to United this weekend. And Newcastle, not my favorites. No, and, and Newcastle. <laughs> I, I think it sounds like United needs it more. Yeah, but you never know. We'll see. That's not how uh, the sport works. No, not last <laughs> week. No. Okay, Sheffield United versus Fulham. Two Speaking of needing points. Two teams that need some luck to go Desperately. in their way. Yeah. Two teams with zero points. Fulham now with Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Yes, my beloved Loftus-Cheek. From Chelsea. On loan from Chelsea. I think that's a great move for them. He's a fantastic player. He's so strong. Surprisingly fast. Very good on the ball. He just desperately needs some luck in terms of injuries. He's had horrific luck. And he needs just steady game time playing every week. He just couldn't quite get that at Chelsea yet, or not least this season, because there are just too many talented players. And he has been pretty out of form, just as you'd expect, coming back from terrible Achilles injury. Um, So I think it's a good move. He just needs regular games and to get back to full fitness and get his confidence back, because I think he's understandably a bit shaky after a big injury. Um, And then Sheffield United with Rianne Brewster from Liverpool. Yeah, that's a really interesting signing, too. I was surprised Liverpool let him go. Although he would have struggled for game time there, I think there is a buyback clause as well. So if he does well, they can always bring him back. They've protected themselves well. But I think he could be a really interesting signing and hopefully give them the goals that they desperately need. He did really well on loan at Swansea last season in the championship, but against opposition like Fulham. So I hope to see him get his debut and score. Now, listeners won't know this, of course, but we've been enjoying FIFA 21 since it came out last week maybe too much maybe too much we have committed to playing each fixture (laughs) of the week before the weekend it's a real hardship fulham versus sheffield united we played that game i was fulham you were sheffield united yep and i think with brewster you scored more goals than sheffield united has scored this season yeah i think i think my brewster had four (laughs) i think he i think he did 
So moving beyond the final score of that game, the listeners can wonder whether I won or whether you won. I won. But they can guess. <laughs> okay. And they'll never know for sure. Uh-huh. So safe to assume that you think Sheffield United will win. Yeah, I'll go with comments. them this weekend. Okay. Mm-hmm. Crystal Palace versus Brighton. Yeah, another bit of a derby as well. Yeah. Big rivals. Both, again, teams that I've enjoyed watching this season more than I usually do. Yeah, and they've both, I think, played well without getting results all the time, especially Brighton. What are your thoughts on this one? It'll be interesting. I still have Zaha in my fantasy team, and I didn't take him out this week because I thought that he was going to score on this game. Okay. Mope has been, I think, prolific might be a strong word, but certainly scoring more than people yeah, expected so far him to have been more in line with what people said he needed to do. Mm-hmm. I kind of think it's time for Brighton to get a win. Okay. I think that, like you said, some of the matches have been kind of frustrating. They've been playing really well without getting the points. Now, defensively, they need some work. Defensively, they need some work. And obviously, Zaha is incredibly fast. And you have mm-hmm. Townsend and you have Eze. Mm-hmm. And you have some real attacking potentially threats. Batshuayi. Potentially Batshuayi coming on. You have some real attacking threats on Crystal Palace. They're at home. That doesn't count for much right now. Yeah, I think we'll see a bit of... Crystal Palace kind of sitting back, defending, and then trying to hit Brighton on the counter. Mm-hmm. Brighton, which kind of suits Brighton as well, as they're more possession-based. Mm-hmm. But I think they can hit them on the counter, so it'll be I'll be curious to see how well Brighton can defend. Yeah, I'm going to be extremely specific. Okay. So if I'm wrong, no one can hold it against me because I <laughs> tried so hard. Two-one Brighton win. Okay. With Malpe scoring the first goal. Of the game, mm-hmm. and then Zaha making it one-one, and then Lamptey scoring for Brighton to make it a two-one win. All right, that's my prediction. You put some money down on this. I won't because I don't <laughs> have a high level of confidence in that prediction. All right, but that's well, we'll my go prediction. with it. Okay, Spurs versus West Ham. Mm-hmm. London derby. Yep, Spurs coming off a high last week. Yeah, they looked great. And then West Ham also who you have said many times are unpredictable and sometimes show up and sometimes don't, coming off their own strong, surprising win last week. Yeah, they also looked great. They've looked great two weeks in a row. They deserved my apology to them. Yes. Um, Yeah, they're so hard to predict because some weeks, like I said, they look great and they look like they can trouble anyone. Other weeks they look like they've just fallen apart. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, though, I think Spurs are the better team. And I'd expect them to win. Yeah. And you've talked in the past about how, you know, fatigue has been an issue for West Ham, about how sometimes they play, get to every ball first, sometimes they don't, etc. You know, Declan Rice, who's a cornerstone of the West Ham team, mm-hmm. obviously played a lot for England this past week. Yeah, he did. Do you think he will play this full game? Do you think his potential fatigue will be an issue? Yeah, I do think he'll play and I do think they'll have to manage that. I would expect West Ham to sit back and counter-attack like they did against Wolves. It was incredibly successful in that game. Um, So we'll see if Spurs can just make the most of their possession. And is David Moyes back on the touchlines, or is he still out with... I believe he should be back, so... So I think his quarantine period should be over. So if it doesn't work, then you'll have to... He has to go home again. Go back home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to Leicester versus Aston Villa. This is one of the games that I personally am most excited for this weekend. 
This will be interesting. Lester had a surprising loss. We say interesting a lot. Yeah, we do. I need to. I say. <laughs> we I need s- some synonyms. I also say okay a lot. So, <laughs> for all of those listening, be patient. We're working on We're our aware of it. transitions. <laughs> anyway, I think this will be a really good game. Aston Villa are coming off their spectacular performance against Liverpool. Best ever performance. Leicester are coming off of a loss to West Ham, which was a shock, at least to me. I think this one could be closer than we expect, and I hope for a lot of goals. Yeah. I mean, Jamie Vardy on one side. Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins. Grealish, who according to FIFA is like the fastest person in the world. He's so fast in FIFA. (laughs) So at the very least, this game will be fast-paced. Yeah, Grealish, Barkley, Vardy, Madison. I think it'll be a really fun game. Yeah. Aston Villa really seems like they are making a push for, I don't know, top top half finish this season yeah we'll see if it lasts obviously they've got off to a great start let's see if it can continue they've really improved in the transfer market i'm very impressed with how gene smith has improved the defense so i think they're doing really really well it'll be i'll expect Leicester to kind of bounce back from their surprise loss to west ham so i think it'll be hopefully a close game and hopefully a high scoring game all right i agree with you i think Leicester will probably win this one but this is a hard one to call, to be honest. Yeah. West Brom versus Burnley. Like Fulham and Sheffield United, two teams that really need some points. Scraping the bottom of the barrel, mm-hmm. and I say that in a very nice way. <laughs> Can that be said in a nice way? I don't know. I it, meant sound, it, it doesn't sound nice I'm, way. I meant it nicely. It's a very big, deep barrel. It's saying something really offensive and then saying no offense. Yeah, yeah. I, I meant it politely. Okay. Well, yeah, they both need points desperately. Burnley are off to a terrible start. No Su- points. Surprisingly bad start. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really sign anyone in the transfer market. They have had some pretty major injuries to me and Tarkovsky. They haven't scored, so they're in trouble, but it's early. I think they just need to win games like this and kind of get their confidence back. West Brom played surprisingly well against Chelsea, mm-hmm. but have otherwise struggled. I think they really need to shore up their defense because even when they were 3-0 up against Chelsea, they managed to lose that lead. They conceded three goals. Um, So I think to have any chance of survival, they need to figure out how to defend. And what do you think the outcome of this game will be? I do think Burnley will win. I think players like Chris Wood can score against this West Brom defense, but... I'd say he's a pretty underrated striker. He is, yeah. He's from your your home country, just like to say that. Kiwi. Um... Yeah, I think I do think Burnley will win, but I think if you're Slavin Village and West Brom, you're going to go all out to also try to get these points. So I think Diangana will be really important to them going forward. And Pereira and still could go either way. Um, it's hard to call. You okay. want to join me here on this fence I've been sitting on all episode? <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems like an uncomfortable place to sit. <laughs> Basically, I have no idea. No, we've. <laughs> We've had a break for a week and a half and we're rusty. And the way this season has gone so far, predictions feel like That's just true. laughable at this point. I can't even remember what we predicted at the start of the season, but I'm sure when we go back and compare the notes, it'll be I'll just laughable. say we didn't predict 7 to Aston Villa, Liverpool. That's true. It wasn't, wasn't in the chart. We did not? Yeah. All right. Last one for this weekend. But certainly not least. Certainly not least. This will be a good one, I hope. Leeds. Yes. I almost made a pun. Certainly not Leeds, but I didn't. You shouldn't have. (laughs) 
which is why I didn't. <laughs> Leeds uh-huh. versus Wolves. Yes. Two very good teams. Similar trajectories in which they've come up from the championship, won the championship, and right they, now, Leeds I think surprised seem... a lot of people with how good they were mm-hmm. and how comfortable they've looked in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Right now, Leeds, I think, are Seems like the on better, a better team. run. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think would have surprised people coming into the season. I had heard predictions of Wolves cracking the top four for the first time, and they're nowhere near that. Yeah, level. I mean, again, it's four games, and Wolves could go on a great run. They and could. Be first, but they've looked a little bit less defensively solid than you have come to expect from Wolves. Um, their wingbacks, I think, are still kind of settling in and not quite up to par compared to their wingbacks last season. And they're not scoring as much. Jimenez has scored a few. Neto has scored, I think, one. But they're not scoring as much as they did last season. So, again, it's really early. They could hit their stride and be totally fine. But right now, Leeds look like the more exciting, more free-scoring team. And I think Bielsa will potentially target those wing backs who are still kind of settling in. And I think Leeds will, uh, will pull this one off. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of feels like Triore so far has had an unexpectedly limited impact on games this season. Yeah, he started, I think, the first two as the right wing back, which is just really not he was out of position. suited to. Yeah, so it's hard to judge him based on the one other game where he's played kind of up front. So we'll see. But yeah, he hasn't made the impact that he did last season, but I think also people now are expecting him. Last season, he was kind of like a super sub that, came on and Ren defense is ragged and I think now people are prepared for him. So he's gonna have to That's a good point. Learn how to deal with that. And I think um Nuno will have to kind of find different ways to use him. So Wolves going through transitions of their own. Yeah. Still a very good team. Definitely. And I won't feel foolish if we're at the end of the season and they are Europa League or even close to the no, top. Yeah, ball. they're still a very good team and they, I don't know if you remember, but they started last season pretty badly too mm-hmm. and ended up just missing out on the Europa League and being very good again. Yeah. And they didn't lose 7-2 to Aston Villa. <laughs> no, they did not. Or 9 nothing to Leicester. Nope. Wasn't them. Or 6-1 to Spurs. Mm-hmm. I'm just reciting all the high-scoring yep. games I can remember. Mm-hmm. I'll stop. Thank you. So, so there we go. That's our preview for match day five. We're back. The Premier League's back. I hope you're excited. And we'll see you next week. Thank you. If you enjoyed our show, subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at NutmegPod or our website, nutmegpodcast.com. Please rate and review the show to help other listeners find us. Cheers. Cheers.